Alrighty, and actually I just want to make my mic. Yes. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephanie Strange, and here we talk about the paranormal, pop culture, and unsolved. So make sure that you leave five stars and um, leave a comment in the um, comment section if you can. And yeah, let's get on with this. All right, so today I have a special guest with me today. She is fearless. She is a badass. And she is one of my co-hosts for this up and coming show, Mysteries Decoded Spirit Squad. Sarah, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am Sarah Gray, also known as Parasara. You may know me from Mysteries Decoded. I have been a paranormal investigator for over a decade. And I've just been really passionate about the paranormal, doing a lot of investigations and really getting out there. Yes. Oh my God. That's so cool. And like, you taught me a lot too. Like, I mean, it was really cool being able to work with you and like work with like other investigators because I've never have before. And like, I've took it more from the spiritual side, but like seeing you guys mm -hmm. in action, I'm like, I'm inspired. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> inspired. <laughs> um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about The Conjuring House and, you know, a couple of movie references from there, but more specifically, Sarah's experience at The Conjuring House. Um, she did a episode with Mysteries Decoded. It was like the first episode of the latest season. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really good, like, episode altogether. I'm like, what? And you guys tried yeah. a new, couple new different things too, from what I saw. I'm like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. <laughs> um <laughs> So like, before we get started to the, the history of the Conjuring House and everything, prior to you even like going to the Conjuring House, what was your first like introduction to it? Like, how did you find out about it? Let's see. I probably found out about the Conjuring House like everybody else did from the movies. Um, I had heard of Ed and Lorraine Warren previously. So as soon as I found out that they were actually at the Conjuring House, I was like, whoa, this is extremely interesting. I'm really interested now. So that's how I found out about it. And ever since then, I mean, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that was definitely my first introduction was the movies. And even like hearing a couple of the castmates talk about their interest, like I think um, jo Joey King had a weird experience. I don't know if you knew that, but like I, no. I did a TikTok and it went viral because I thought people knew about it. But apparently she was on like one of these, uh, like she was on a radio show and she was talking about how she was experiencing like weird bruising after filming. Whoa. Yeah, it got to a point where she was rushed to the hospital and like she was scared that she was going to die basically. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I think this is like a really good thing to point out as we continue yeah. talking about the history because I did not know she actually said that that was a wild like filming experience for her because she also got this mysterious like blood illness and uh, she got very sickly and then when they stopped filming it gets weirder when they stopped filming and she was not on the site anymore she got better like it just miraculously wow. she got better yeah yeah so I was like <sighs> what the <laughs> like you can't I just yeah. can't make this up and even watching mm -hmm. like this episode of Mysteries Decoded um, I was taken back because Jen Marshall, uh, you know, she's like the main, one of the main hosts of the show and she's like very, like, she doesn't react to things. And I saw like the yeah. fear, uh, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. A very stoic person. Yeah. So to see her react like that was so out of character for her. It was really out of character. Yeah. Had you met her prior by the way? No, that was my first time meeting her. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was like, I wonder if, like, if there's any past experiences, like, if you knew of her getting scared at, at other locations, but I think she said that was the one place she was really, like, uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the history then, since people are probably like, well, what the heck? <laughs> What's yeah. going on here? Um, okay, and you can feel free to also add in anything, too, as I talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, The Conjuring House, um, in 1971, Roger and Carolyn Perrin, along with their five children, moved into the house located in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And the house is actually a lot older, though. It's like one of the oldest houses, right? Like 1736. Yeah. It is extremely, extremely old house. There was other families that lived there prior to that, too. Yes. And I didn't know that. I thought that it was like, you know, maybe like 
a couple of people have moved in there, but then like looking into it and you guys covered it on the episode, it's one of the oldest houses in that area or something like that. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. That's, that's wild. Okay. So we have a little it history. Off as like a small section and then they kept adding more to the building as time went on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Like the house has gone through changes from what I understood and mm -hmm. When the family moved in, though, they experienced like a strange phenomenon of like a couple of them being thrown off the bed, uh, things moving, being touched by ghosts, like pinching and poking, <laughs> yeah. noises. Uh, and then, you know, this all led to, of course, you know, the spirit of the witch. Um, mm. And you mentioned that you saw the movie and everything. When you went there and you learned about like a couple of the things that had happened, did you ever think like, wow, this is the real life story is a lot scarier than the actual Conjuring yeah. film? Yes, because, you know, in movies, they always spice things up. But like for them to actually really go through those experiences in real life and to have to then every night go back home to the same home and yeah. go to bed in the same room where that happened to you like the previous night. That's terrifying. Yes. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of like, how did you guys sleep at night? I would have been, and I get it, right? I mean, we're, we're, we'll touch base into this as well. But like the family, a lot of people question, like, why are you still living here and, and putting yourself through that? Um, but yeah, apparently, like one of the neighbors even told the parents, like I don't know, allegedly, that um, they said, for the sake of your family, leave the lights on at night, and that would set like the theme going into this house allegedly. Oh, yeah <laughs> um so shortly after this you know as like I mentioned they had experience a uh, haunting experiencing uh, experiences and the family mentioned that um you know they were there was a couple situations that would happen but at first they were like okay just a weird coincidence but then as like time went on they're like no there's something way more sinister going on um which then leads into like the actual like the mom and the spirit of the witch um, mm -hmm. so at first though, the children thought that the spirits or the entities in the house were good. Um, and they're, they're just kind of being more nurturing. Apparently, I don't know. This is just mm -hmm. from one source. And, uh, you know, they would claim being tucked in at night, being kissed by a spirit, uh, mm -hmm. Cynthia and Andrea mentioned that they could recall the smell of roses or flowers. Um, which is interesting because then it was also said that at 515, they would smell rotten corpses, uh, you Ooh, said, yeah, <laughs> or rotting flesh or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. so I guess my other thing is you said, I remember in the episode, you experienced something at around five, didn't you? Like, yeah, I heard several things throughout the night. At first I heard, uh, something like a ball or an object fall down and then bounce a few times. Then I heard a door slamming. Now this door wasn't my door. It was like outside of my door. And then throughout the entire night, I was hearing this continuous banging sound that was really creepy. It was really freaking me out. And I didn't know what it was. Oh, my God. And you were like by yourself, too, right? Like for the most part, you were by yourself. Yeah. When uh, when at first the camera crew left, uh, there were a few people left with me. But then after they left, then I was really by myself. Oh my God. Yeah. See, I don't know if I could do that. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like everyone, she is like fearless. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I, could, I could use some of that. Um, yeah. So it's interesting though, right? Because there were reports of the family experiencing things at five and then you had your own personal experiences of like actual things mm -hmm. moving. Um, mm -hmm. And so then apparently though, I guess like what I was very like thrown off is that they went from saying like, there is nice spirits to like all of a sudden evil dark forces um mm -hmm. and apparently like I think was it Andrea said that her sister Cindy mentioned that there were seven dead soldiers buried on the wall but like mm -hmm. and I thought what was really good about the episode is that you guys went above and beyond it actually went to the library I saw the scene where like Jen went to the library and she started seeing like all these like deaths and stuff and like the yeah. town itself has had like tragedy um the history yeah. of tragedy and uh, like there's a trigger warning people I'm just gonna say unalive but like unalive too, like a lot of people were unaliving themselves in very tragic uh, ways. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, but yeah. I was just like, there was like, you know, unaliving by drowning or hanging. And I'm just like, oh my yeah. God, that's so tragic. Um, I just like, I like gave me knots in my stomach thinking about how yeah. like she went to the library and was seeing like a history of things. Mm -hmm. And I guess like there wasn't anything though at the library indicating like any soldiers that might've lived there, but there was some, there was a part where you guys 
there was another experiment that you guys did and there was like maybe leading that potentially there could have been soldiers or something like that right yeah mm -hmm. yeah because we ended up uh, getting a machine out there to go under the ground and check that out and see with sonar waves they're able to pick up an anomaly and they did pick up like an empty space under the ground where it's possible that at some point there could have been bodies buried there oh my gosh yeah so like that I think was really good to know because like it, it this goes beyond just like oh she just said it and and I guess like in a way that situation plus like this little girl at that time was like hey like I was told there's seven dead soldiers mm -hmm. here it's almost like that's a weird coincidence like I almost think that gives me chills because it's like there's no way how could you know that you know like how could yeah. you know that out of nowhere you clearly picked so up specific. yeah you know like yeah. where would she get that and it's also like you know what was it like the early 70s like yeah there's tv mm -hmm. and everything but I could tell that like you know I, I mean I'm a millennial and, and yeah we're all like we're in that generation where we would go outside there wasn't like mm -hmm. the internet the way it is now there wasn't media accessibility as it is now and so mm -hmm. it's like very specific for something like that I, I wouldn't chalk it up to just a wild imagination at that point that's no. just my take um yeah and I feel like you feel the same way too it's like definitely <laughs> Um, something that a child would come up with like a, a child might come up with there's fairies there's seven fairies in the backyard or there's seven elves but like seven dead soldiers like seven of them that's very specific mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and especially when they were like hey you know they first are like these spirits are so nice you know we're being tucked in to like late at night she barges into her sister's room and she's like crying like hey there's like I was told there's bodies in these walls and da 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 da. I'm like, oh, that's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's very dark for a child just to come up with, um, yeah. despite yeah. imagination. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I guess now we touch base on like, I mean, do you you do you recall any of them talking about how it started off nice and then it just escalated really fast? I know for sure that they were saying that there was. There's a plethora of different types of energy there. Some of it is very positive. Some of it's neutral. And some of it, unfortunately, is pretty evil. I think, and it's interesting because it starts off from being nice to evil. And I don't know about you. So when I, um, when I've spoken to people who are, you know, who are part of this community of believing in the paranormal, investigating, being psychic mediums, I've actually heard a few different times where um, sometimes uh, spirits can turn like you know, more aggressive when they feel like their space is being disrespected. Do Could it be that for some reason, this spirit went from like, okay, these people are welcomed, but now, you know, they're disrespecting my face, like, like my space some way, somehow, you know, like, so I think that like, part of me feels like, I wonder if perhaps maybe something like something very like sacred to any of those spirits might have been like a form of disrespect and so they escalated it I don't know but that's, that's just very possible like a theory of mine I do know yeah not only is that very possible but I also know of a dynamic that was going on with the spirit and the mother of the family because it appears that there may have been a dispute over like who was really the matriarch even mm -hmm. though the mother was alive and was taking care of the children the spirit felt like she was the matriarch and she was in charge or to some degree this was a dynamic that was kind of unfolding in the house and this is how things were kind of being perceived at the time so that could be another thing that's caused that you know that caused the situation to end up escalating to that point yeah no that's a great point too because like so for context I guess we can now segue into that so like apparently the spirit of the witch um um, was basically having a thing against Carolyn Perrin, right? Um, and I guess she went on to say that she told the Providence Journal that a woman in gray appeared by her bedside and told her to get out or else death. And so this is like, you know, segwing into like the spirit of the witch, um, which was Beth Bashima Tear, right? Is that how you say it? Or, uh, Bathsheba, I believe. Yeah, Bathsheba Tear. Um, and so like the eldest daughter, um, Adrea said that the witch spirit was like, you know, she, like you said, she believed that she was like the main, like, you know, the person of the household, the mistress of the household or whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and so of course seeing you're right. It could be that it could be that, that she was watching 
you know, Carolyn be a mother to her kids and, you know, move into this space. Um, and I guess mm-hmm. like they, um, the other thing too, it, speaking of that, they also mentioned that mysteriously the kitchen would be like clean or like someone would pass the broom or something like that. Um, which again, I keep yeah. Getting, Mm-hmm. yeah like motherly vibes from this from the get-go and then it gets to a point where like carolyn the mom was possessed by said witch spirit and i took it a step further and i was like so what is the backstory of this like why do you calling her witch well like it's interesting right because if we try to think of it as like a non-paranormal thing in her lifetime there was no evidence that this woman was a witch she was just like a married person with four kids and three of them died young. Um, so again, this is like early in the 19th century, like as we mentioned, the house was really old. And um, I think that's another thing of a need of like a family is what I'm gathering from this. Um, and yeah, I, that's true. Yeah, it's really sad, right? Like it's almost like, okay, yeah. I can see why you would feel that way. I don't know. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? Like, do you think that could be it or like, was she a witch I don't know like that makes perfect sense and now that you say it I've never even thought of it like that but that makes perfect sense that this was the spirit's motive and motivation behind acting in this way is because she was the matriarch of her family but she lost three of her children so there's that left three really huge gaps in her heart and in her life so maybe in in death She's still trying to fill these gaps by thinking that she's the matriarch of the parent family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm even getting like, I keep getting like gushes of like cold spurs. I don't know if you feel anything. I feel parts yeah. <laughs> like talking. <laughs> um, but um, You're yeah. probably going to have weird stuff happen to you tonight because every time I do an interview about the Conjuring house, the paranormal activity in my house increases that night. So, and sometimes even like the day before, it's like the... The more people talk about it, especially if they're like mentioning my name and the Conjuring House together, the more, I don't know, it it like breathes life into it. So don't be surprised if you see something weird happen around your house. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm like getting cold gushes of air in here. Um, I also have my haunted dog behind me, Earl. He's very sweet. Oh, cool. Maybe he's probably like, it's okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah. um, Okay. So yeah, I think now that we spin it in this narrative, it gives more like a humanistic and less like she was just evil to be evil and this evil witch, you know, that people like to feed into. I think there was more to this tragedy, if that makes sense. Um, and of course, like apparently she passed away due to a stroke in 1885 and she was buried next to her husband and the three children. So um, and then like, let's see. So I do recall, though, that there was a part in the episode of Mysteries Decoded where, like, I think Andrea was, like, and it's interesting that she was so freaking, like, just, like, her memory was so vivid. I just was, like, I, but you know what, though, part of me, I don't know about you, but, like, when people are so detailed in their memories, it makes me believe them even more at times because it's, like, how can you remember that and be so, like, I feel your emotions, especially when people are just, like, very, like, like sad and distraught over something they're so detailed mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to believe that that's just me I'm like okay you clearly yeah. were traumatized by and this. I mean you should have been there because yeah because when the cameras were off she sometimes would continue her story and tell us even more and there was no difference between the camera being on or off she her stories were from the heart like literally and it was very emotional <laughs> Yeah, I could, t- I could tell like there's parts where like you or Jen um, were looking at her and you could, I could see the sympathy because of how she like was telling the story. Um, even me, I was just like, oh, okay. She's definitely <laughs> reliving her memories right now. Um, yeah. Was there something like any of her memories that you felt were like, oh man, they should have kept that in the episode. I, I don't remember if they mentioned this part, but there is something she said that stood out to me the most out of all the experiences that she had was the instance in which one of her family members saw themselves in like 1800s clothing come through like a, a portal or something in the house. There was this weird time distortion happening within the home that was 
it was just completely inexplicable. And they would see basically in front of their eyes, they would see situations that were like from a, a different time era with different like era clothing and just completely out of this this time zone, like out of this world. And that stuck with me. Now I know in the show, they didn't really go that far deep into it because that's a whole nother question. Like now we're talking about time travel or time distortions. Like we were not prepared for that type of question. We would have to come back and like do a whole nother episode only to ask about like time travel or just whatever type of time distortion that was. So yeah. I think they kind of didn't really focus too much on that because they're, we just didn't have enough time, funnily enough, to even get into that. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people, I don't know if they realize it, but when you are filming something, there's so much that you can go down the rabbit hole with. Um, yeah. And that's interesting that you guys started tapping into time travel because I kind of got the vibe of that when this it was around the scene where you were with, I think, Andrea's husband and you they were like hey can you record that and like as you guys were getting ready to like go back to like the starting of the scene you heard knocking with the door latch or something like that and you went there and you're like hello can you do that again and I don't know if, it, if they did it again but when I watched that I was like imagine if someone was in a different parallel different like you know you know vortex or something else and they're trying to let you know they're stuck here I know I've yeah. experienced that with spirits, but that mm -hmm. moment, I, for some reason, I thought of like different parallel or like a type of time travel, which is wild Whoa. that you're telling me this. Yes. I am not <laughs> even joking because it's kind of like, you know, like, okay, it's stranger things where like they hear mm -hmm. things or was it like in the first season when, mm -hmm. uh, will, was it will, but like when a little mm -hmm. they're in, a, in the under the upside down and he was like trying to get their attention and like the mom Joyce is yeah. like oh my god oh my god he's here I know he's here and then like but they could not see each other I kept thinking for some reason the knocking mm -hmm. made me think of that like sometimes I think when spirits knock or we hear knocking I'm like imagine if it is that imagine if that is the upside down that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how, and that's basically how it is I believe that yeah you know like why not like I mean I guess we don't know but like why not though why can't it be I don't know um I know we got down the rabbit hole with that but <laughs> oh, here we go <laughs> yeah, I was like I think that's why I got super into Stranger Things too which I know is so different than this but like I'm like what if there is an upside down I don't know <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we talked about what the family is experiencing and of course you're probably now people are wondering like well what about Ed and Lorraine are you gonna get to that yeah of course we are so you know eventually like because the mom was like experiencing all this like harshness allegedly from the spirit Ed and Lorraine came to investigate the house and immediately like it was said that Lorraine was able to pick up the energy of the house and she felt like felt this very dark presence and she, you know, they ended up cleansing the house, but then this was like followed up with a seance, which apparently is thought to have made things much, much worse. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize this before we get into the rest of the story, because I know people really like the Conjuring series or they, because of the films, there is like, I don't think people understand this. Like Ed and Lorraine were very controversial in their time too. Like whether, even mm -hmm. with people that believed in the paranormal and spirituality, a lot of people didn't like their approach. And I just want to say that because like, while people are like, oh no, maybe they, it was too strong of a force. Well, no, but it could also have been the fact that maybe Ed and Lorraine might've made the spirit mad with their beliefs or their practices. That does happen. And I just want people to know that, that like sometimes a spirit, yeah. just because you are a medium, just because you are someone that can do house cleansings, a spirit may not like your spiritual mm -hmm. practice. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think that's another thing that I think about, but, and I'm just taking it from that narrative. There's different narratives for sure. Right. I mean, there's so much more mm -hmm. we can touch base on with this. I don't want to just make it one way, but that's what came to mind when I thought of that portion of the story. And apparently like Andrea, and this is the part where I was just like actually seeing her being interviewed on the show. I was like, oh my God, she was like, she witnessed the seance, correct? In the basement? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you want to- She was like hiding behind a door. She was like, her and her sisters were like peeking 
around like a door to see the seance they weren't technically allowed to be in there but they did see it yeah and like I'm thinking to myself like a child like seeing that I know for me I was a scaredy cat as a kid they were already like experiencing so many scary things I feel like and then to see that and see their mom in that way I can't imagine um yes because there was a part where she was like you know my mom was speaking like unknown languages and um she levitated the table levitated she said that the table was very heavy and it levitated yeah I don't know I mean was there anything else do you remember what else she said about that I mean feel you can feel free to add more details of what she said but yeah um I don't think there was anything more so she was speaking in tongues I remember that um her father punched Ed because of you know like her father wasn't really a fan of what was going on her, her her father didn't want this to be going down and so when the situation escalated to the point to where now the wife is now getting hurt getting thrown across the room um yeah uh, the father punched ed in the face and gave him a nosebleed that i did not actually read about <laughs> so i'm glad you had to but yeah yep <laughs> yep he just punched him i mean well, because I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I can never, I kind of like, I can watch it. I have to be in a certain mood, but like, I cannot just watch flat out possession, like possessed films, even if it's like make-believe Hollywood movies, it just makes me feel so uncomfortable. And because I yeah. think someone pointed this out to me on a live, they're like, well, because I was talking about it on a live, they're like, would you watch this movie? And I'm like, I don't know. What's it about? And they're like, possessions. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I literally get the heebie-jeebies with it. And even, or even like seeing just like actual photographs of a victim being possessed, it just, it makes me feel so uncomfortable. It, Those like, are just, the worst. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because like, I, my theory is too, like, if that is something that's unworldly and malevolent, like, I'm probably seeing the spirit of that through the eyes. Because, you know, like, the windows of mm -hmm. your soul is through your eyes. And so part of me yeah. is like, Ugh, this is why I feel uncomfortable, because I think I'm actually seeing it. And yes. um, yeah. it makes me want to throw up sometimes, like, it just makes me uncomfortable. Um And so I can only imagine with like, the actual seance taking place, the mom, like, God. screaming and because it, it's like it, even though it's not like and in a way it's like the invasion of someone's free will and body you know like it goes beyond I mean I will say like I, I don't mean another trigger warning but it's kind of like SA people um people that have been victims of like physical like assaults and stuff of that nature um that's already triggering for me but like there's like I think in general when someone just takes your body no matter whether it's that or this it just there's something about it there's something about it that makes me feel uncomfortable I don't know about you but it's like I cannot see this <laughs> um just no I completely agree I completely agree like it it does make me uncomfortable um seeing it in movies is it's not a good vibe when I see it in movies it's kind of like I'm looking at it and I'm like okay I see what's going on but there there comes a point where I will decide that I have to turn it off because I can watch it for a certain amount of time before I feel like this is now absorbing into my subconscious or like this is now creating a vibe in the room and within me that I do not wish to, for this to continue. I don't want this to evolve into something. I don't want this to now act as a portal for me to now be open to something. Not saying that that is automatically going to happen if you watch a scary movie, but if you are subscribing to something happening to, the, to you, to the idea of something happening to you, and you're continuing to watch it and sitting inside of that energy, that is not good. That's not a good look. That's not going to bode well. And as far as looking at pictures of actual possessed people, oh, hell no. I mean, Sometimes I can't help myself but look because I, I want to see like what the aftermath looks like, but do not stare at those pictures for too long and yes. don't go and get like hypnotized by those pictures. And like, I know that, that there's an allure of the darkness. I know that that's there, but just be aware of where you're putting your energy, mm -hmm, basically. Mm -hmm. There's something that I really love that you said when you went to the Conjuring house, you said, I think, because I think they're asked you like how you felt the day after you spent the night by yourself. And you said- well, I think overall, like I didn't have like anything super scary or anything like 
um, like where I felt unsafe, but I think because I went into this house with like love, with like love intention, like love and light. And I'm like, see, that's the way to go. And I wonder how many people actually go to the space with that intention, you know? No, that's the thing is I believe almost everybody that shows up at that location is expecting a demon to immediately pop out and scratch them on the neck. Like everybody's expecting that. So yeah, no wonder you go in there and you experience a bunch of negative stuff because you're kind of asking for it. Like by expecting it, you're ma now manifesting it because mm -hmm. you're expecting it so hard. So yeah. I believe that's that's a huge part of it is what people bring into that house. And for me, um, knowing that I'm going to stay at this house completely by myself, I'm not going to come in here like Zach Bagans and just start insulting things left and right because I have to be here alone for the whole night by myself. Like I would rather talk to the little children spirits, to any neutral entities that might want to talk to me, like shadow spirits, whatever. But I'm not going to go and purposefully put myself in a in a situation. I mean, who's going to unpossess me if I get possessed by myself? Nobody will even see it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like really bad stuff can happen if you decide to allow yourself to get possessed. Like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Villisca, Iowa Axe Murder House, but about, what, five to six, maybe seven years ago, a paranormal investigator went into this home alone to investigate alone and ended up being found with several stab wounds to his own chest that he did to himself, okay? So it's like oh, being alone no. in these haunted locations is actually really dangerous. Yeah, no, I, uh, that exactly. It's, uh, sometimes cause I've heard of people, two people that I've, I'm mutuals with online that are in the paranormal space. One of them, she told me that she had a weird experience as a, as a little girl. They, she spent the night at, um, one of her friend's house and she will, I guess like she blacked out, I guess, like she remembers going to sleep, but apparently she had blacked out and she woke up like talking in a very deep like like voice that was yeah. not herself and her friends you know because it was a sleepover they were like oh my god like wake up wake up wake up and like they could not and she was acting out all crazy and then she just like stopped and went back to bed and the next day they're like don't you remember that she's like no and like the house was haunted so it's like there's something about leaving like your yourself vulnerable even when you sleep so like yeah mm -hmm. being by these places by yourself uh yeah it's scary um the other person well, I think she made a video on it and I saw it. And I guess she says she blacked out when they were doing an investigation and oh she was, she was like going in and out in and out, like blacking out. And like, they rushed her outside and like she, they, they made her touch like a rock or something to ground her. Like, but they took her out immediately. Her yeah. friend was like, you're blacking out. We need to take you right now. We need to take you right now. Yeah. And I guess like that was like her almost being possessed, but her friend luckily like caught onto it, grabbed her and was like trying mm -hmm. to like protect her for whatever was yeah. happening. Cause you sometimes don't have people like that if you're by yourself, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what if you black out, you black out. What the heck happened? Yeah. Um, so the, the director said that it seemed a little weird that as a paranormal investigator, I'm coming in and I'm not immediately like addressing and taunting the demons, but I'm, I'm just saying it's not that weird because I have to spend the night and I would rather talk to like the children's spirits because it's really dangerous to be, alone in these types of locations and mm -hmm. I mean I do want to talk to the demons up to a certain point but at the point where I'm completely alone in the home and I have to survive at that point I'm not open to speaking to the demons if you get yes. what I'm saying yeah 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 definitely I think and you know I, I I've told people on the podcast side at least that like you know I I have gone to locations um I'm, I'm more like I consider myself more like a psychic medium I feel energy out I don't like and I I mean now in recent times I have gone to places and I have brought equipment and I have investigated but I try to I, I feel like I try to like lean in towards my spiritual side still because that's what I know best um and I, I, even from the beginning of things when I was learning about this stuff uh, going, you know, just communicating with people's loved ones. I'm always like, I don't want to taunt. Like if I'm speaking to a loved one, right. And they're a spirit. Why would I be like, Mary, talk to me right now? Because like your granddaughter's right here, pay me for you to talk to me. Like the same thing. Like you're, you don't go to a place, you know what I mean? Like if that's gross behavior, yeah. what makes you think I'd go to an actual like location just because like someone's loved one may not be there presently. Like what makes you think I'm going to get better results by doing that elsewhere without a, you know what I mean? It's like, they're basically like us without the meat suit. So why would you taunt them? I just don't think, 
I don't know what, what you're expecting. It's like, you're going to a bar to start a fight almost is what I think. Like, that's how I perceive that. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. But the thing is, is like that night I would have been going to a bar to start a fight completely alone with no backup for like eight hours. You know what I mean? So like, if we want to get a team together and we all go taunt the demons, I guess, yeah, sure. But if you guys want to leave me there by myself, then I will do whatever I need to do to survive the night alone at the conjuring house. Like I'm just going to go into this in the way that is the yeah. most like safe way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I can't imagine, you know what I mean? It's like, why would you go? And I don't even, have you heard of anyone? Like, I don't know, maybe someone can let me know, but like, have you heard of anyone by themselves, like going in there, like without a team, because we just mentioned Zach Baggins. Has he ever gone by himself to, t- I don't think he no. has. I don't think oh, so. No, 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 no. No, yeah. never, never. Definitely not the Conjuring House by himself. That's for sure. But I mean, I doubt he would ever listen to this. But like, if he did, like, challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see. Hope not. Hope you don't do that to yourself. Uh, I don't wish anything like that on other people. Um, okay, so I guess we can segue into something. Uh, we, we mentioned the seance scene, right? Well, and we talked a little bit about the Conjuring House. So. Apparently, while The Conjuring um, was being filmed, the family was actually invited to go, and apparently the family ended up not going, and I guess something came up or whatever, but, like, I think it was the mom that was like, no, I don't want to go, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, that makes complete sense, like, you, this is literally, like, reliving some very tragic, very traumatizing, like, situations, I don't know if it was a mom, might've been someone else, but I think it was a mom in general though. Like, why would you go back to a place that like literally scared you, you know, and you left in the eighties, they left the house in 1980 from what I remember. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine them wanting to go somewhere. And then also the family though, they believe that they actually really believed in the curse though, of the conjuring. I don't know if you heard, did she mention that at all? Like furthermore? No, they haven't that part exactly okay so I, this like and I'm just gonna say allegedly because like if she didn't say it to you I'm just gonna say allegedly because this is where I found mm. other people saying about it but they, apparently the family believed in the witch's curse it, like it was still really real because like wherever they went it seemed to follow them like when they did an interview on it uh equipment would fall weird things would happen and apparently oh, like okay. yeah and so they even said that whoever lives there is very much susceptible to these dark forces and potentially like a type of curse. I don't know. Okay. I, I think it was back like two years ago, the house went up for mm-hmm. sale and I think someone mm-hmm. bought it for maybe less than a year and sold it again. From what I understood, I could be wrong on that, but I do know for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. The house was up for sale a couple of years ago and um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, sometimes there, there has been reports of, people buying the house and maybe not having it for that long. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. Could be, we could chalk it up to the supernatural. Definitely. So I think before the Heinzens finally took over the home, um, I think that's when people were like buying it and then giving it up. Uh, People could not like actually just live in that home. Um, But the Heinzens, because they are themselves paranormal investigators, they already knew what they were dealing with. So they were able to successfully um, carry on the business in the home for a while. And then uh, because they have like two homes in two different states, they have decided to sell it again. So they have now sold it to, I, I believe it's a lady who also does paranormal tours. So it's still available for tours as far as I know. Um, but I do believe that, okay, so you were calling it a curse and some people might call it a curse. What I'm thinking is, is that effect of things still moving around, anybody living in the home experiences something, and then the parent family uh, continuing to have experiences when they talk about it. I think that's more of like an attachment kind of thing versus like a curse, because a curse would be more like something specific, like a specific, you know what I mean? Like, how would you define a curse? I think like a curse is something that is not ritualistic. Um, Cause I think that like people can um, like a curse is something that you could do on yourself unintentionally, actually. Like I've heard of that. Like I've heard of people that like, especially if like you're, you think you're going to manifest something bad, like you can unintentionally put a curse. So it's not like a ritual. It's not something that you can go home and like, 
have like this whole table and you're like, I'm putting a curse on this person. You can do it to yourself. So it's not yeah. in that way from what I understood mm-hmm. versus like um, hexing someone, hexing someone, you actually have right. to make a spell or do some type of ritual, I guess, for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess like a curse is just setting, like manifesting just like your fear on yourself without realizing it. Yeah. And you'd be surprised um, how often that happens to people. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I cannot explain to you. Like I even I like when I found that out and I finally got it in my head, the difference between like hexing and curses. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm almost positive I've done that because I there's been moments in life where I've been a negative Nancy. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not better than that. Like I've been negative, Nancy, and I'm like all this bad stuff is happening to me. Oh my God. And then I victimized myself. I'm like, I think I, I might've like continued yeah. <laughs> adding that narrative. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Like for example, I recently got laid off my job and it's been a couple of weeks now. And okay. So I mentioned this, I think in the last podcast I did. Um, So the day that I got laid off, I decided to go to this tree uh, where apparently like this family discovered gold and it started the gold rush in California. And it's like 30 minutes from mm. where I was at. And I mm-hmm. decided to visit it on the day I got laid off. And I was like, you know what, I'm, this is mm-hmm. sad. This sucks, but I'm going to like, I'm going to keep my head high and like, just understand that I need it. It's a new journey for me. And it gets even interesting. Mm-hmm. So I get to my car and I open my phone, I'm on Instagram and it's advertising like a local full moon ritual in the local area. And like, I never, like I'm on Instagram, but I use it mostly for messaging. I don't check my feed, sadly. Like I just don't as much anymore. Cause it's just, I'm overly, time. yeah, I'm overly yeah. stimulated with the social media nowadays, even though like, that's what I do. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I saw that and it caught my attention. I'm like, oh, and I told my husband, like, we should come back. We should do them the full moon thing we came back and I wear like, I wear the evil eye bracelet. And cause I believe in that stuff. It's like a cultural thing for me too, growing up. Yeah. And so we get to the shop. We do the, like the guys talking about how it's the harvest moon, rebirth, death, letting go of all this baggage. And I'm like, wow, great. Cause mm-hmm. I just got laid off. I need to let go of this baggage. So like we're yeah. meditating, I'm inhaling, exhaling. And then, and I kid you not, when we're done with meditation, I open my eyes, the freaking bracelet just ripped off. Okay. I turn my phone on. Yes. I I turn my phone on. And that's the message of like us getting the message that like, we're finally airing the, uh, the special Halloween special the same day, all the same day. No way. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Sometimes like feel sadness, but like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to a place where like, there's just something monumental. And then it happened. I don't know, but that's just my little theory the fact that your bracelet just like came off of your wrist that's crazy yeah yeah I (sighs) I had to replace it and I I again it was just I I saw it snap off and I'm like what I turn my phone on and like there's 20 messages I'm like oh my god wait what is this and then like I open it it's like hey we finally got a date for the Halloween mysteries of coded spirit spot and I'm like what (laughs) So <laughs> gotta keep your head high. You gotta keep your because you can unintentionally curse yourself. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to fear people into it. You like, I'm not saying, oh, you can't experience negativity. You can, but understand that like when that happens, you are not the victim. Like this is your time to persevere and and gain courage and, and gain a strength that you may may not have had before. Um yeah. I think it's important when stuff like that happens to you. Like it's it's okay to allow you allow yourself for a, a few seconds to feel what you're feeling because if something hits you and it hurts you of course it hurts but what really matters is that you don't stay locked into those feelings and that yes. you find a, a route out of that emotion and, and try to move on and step away from that yes exactly um so going back to like the conjuring and all of that jazz are you like would you ever go back to the conjuring language house again or (laughs) I would love to go back um I know it sounds crazy but I would love to go back um I I wish that I could go back with you and Brittany that would be like the best way to go back because then it it would be a team and then we can like instigate the demons together you know what I mean whatever (laughs) 
probably not you but at least if I have you know backup like that would help um but I also really I like the home too like I do like it like there's something about that home um I really liked being in the living room with the fireplace and there's something about the downstairs that's kind of alluring to be honest with you um the upstairs sucks there's super negative energy but the downstairs has this like homey feeling that makes me just want to like get a book and hang out and read you know all the way up until the demons come and start throwing me across the room but oh, yeah <laughs> you know what I mean throwing books and everything like that scene where the book kept falling that was wild by the way yeah <laughs> that they had yeah, like actual cool. footage like so like for context I know people like are kept have been keeping up with the house but like at the Mystery Decoded episode, they were actually looking at the footage that the the owners at the time had been recording. And I remember you guys were watching it about the book falling off. And then you guys also submitted it to a person to see if it was like a hoax or it was staged or if there's anything that they would need more information. And some of the stuff actually checked out, like they couldn't find a way that that would be reenacted or um yep. So yeah, definitely. I should definitely watch it. I mean, I it's literally on the CW. It's free and it, you can stream it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so the, the other question too so is, wild. what's up? What's up? Uh, that was so wild how the books just like come off the shelf like that. And to have that verified by somebody who's saying this was not CGI, this was not edited, not modified. I mean, that's awesome. That's the type of stuff that people like me look for is like scientific evidence and proof of the paranormal so I was really happy to see that yeah yeah definitely because you guys again like that episode was so good because like you guys literally went above and beyond the library submitting the footage um checking like the actual land like the plot of land for things and I think some some shows don't I'm not bashing shows I'm just saying some shows I don't think have done that much like research or like they just tell the history but that's it and like leave it at that where like you guys literally went above and beyond of like, hey, what's like, what can we find truth to these maybe legends mm-hmm. or stories that been passed down? Um, mm-hmm. The other question I had too is like, I know that we touched base mostly on the spirit of like the female spirit, the mistress of the house. But what about like, um, is there like, I know there was like a man that is believed to be like evil or mean. Can you tell us more about that? Because I feel like you had a story even after filming I don't know if you want to share it but you told it to me I'm like oh that's wild um where well there's multiple huh no sorry keep going (laughs) okay there's multiple presences at the conjuring house um one of them I do believe is the spirit of a man and this is the one that I believe has followed me home because I have uh, experienced the specific sound um, elsewhere that then I have also heard in an EVP that I captured at the Conjuring house. So for me to capture that sound on a recording and match it up to what I then experienced after I left the Conjuring house, that tells me that this is like a direct link. And uh, this entity is, it's not something that terrifies me because he's he's not actively hurting me, but his desire is to scare me and cause fear. So he will move stuff around in my house and make these weird sounds and basically provoke fear in me. And the reason why being the reason why I've been followed home, I just want everybody to know that it's 100% my fault because when I signed my name at the Conjuring House and put my little portal symbol, that was me inviting. Um, at the time, what I was inviting was positive and neutral entities to come visit me and yeah, haunt me. I'm a paranormal investigator. Go for it. So that's what I got. That's exactly what I got. I got a grumpy guy who sometimes will come to my apartment or to my hotel room, make pig sounds and move stuff around and make me feel like a, a tinge, just a little bit of fear, but not enough for me to like run screaming out the room or anything. But that's his intention. Like this, this entity, this being has fun by making people fear, feel fearful yeah. by making people feel afraid. <laughs> Speaking of my dog just barked and I just jumped right now. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. I was like, you said, I'm like, um yeah no I thought that was wild and like 
there is a part guys I'm not going to give anything away but like maybe for people that are listening to this before it airs like there was a part when we were filming it didn't make it in the episode I'm not gonna give too much away but there was a part where like it didn't the name on the ovulus show up of that said spirit at what at what point when we were in the adobe leona's house like I yeah so yeah it was the name it was actually the name of ed edward who, who was the the father of the family of the parent family so his name came up during a, a spirit box session so that was super weird because I mean, me and Ed have kind of a close relationship because when we were on set, we really bonded. And I think about him often. And um, for his name specifically to come up during our Spirit Squad Spirit Box session, I mean, that that's just, that was crazy because then I verified with the owners of the Adobe, if there's anybody there named Ed, is that an, a relevant name? Why is this name coming up? And everybody's saying there is nobody here named Ed, Edward, at any point in time, this name is not relevant to the Leonis Adobe. So it's like, okay, well, I know what it is relevant about, though, <laughs> the Conjuring House, which tends to follow me around. So I guess I should yes. be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, and again, we couldn't, of course, we for for obvious reasons, we could not add that into the the show. But I just wanted to add it here because it was like, so wild that you were literally telling us about like where you had gone um with the crew with the with the production team and um you know people know already like you know you were there you were at you were at the conjuring house and to see that on equipment like I'm just like I was blown away at that moment that was a definitely like an interesting yeah. defining moment during that during filming <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Okay, cool. So I think that wraps up most of what we covered. I loved that you added that last segment though, because like it just shows how present these spirits are in that house. Sarah, for sharing that story, I'm going to make sure to add your socials in the description. So keep an eye out so you guys can follow her and check out her stuff. Like she has a lot of good stuff on her page. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in with me and Sarah today. And I hope you guys enjoy it again. Remember to give me a review and subscribe if you want to hear more content like this and we'll see you guys next time. Stay strange.